0: welcome to science at the Ah. movies a podcast Ah. what can we clap oh (laughs) okay one two three jesus christ dark you disintegrated einstein disintegrated einstein einstein Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best-loved and most-hated movies. I'm Frida.
1: I'm Abby, and this week's movie is The Meg. I'm very excited. Frida, how are you? I'm
0: good, I have wine to help me.
1: I'm always jealous of your wine, I always have coffee to help me. Someday, someday. I wonder if there'll ever be an occasion in our lives where we could actually record this in the same room together.
0: I'm going to say no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't know. There might be a conference someday. You might be over here. I might be over there. Who knows? You don't know. <laughs> you can't tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it, really. Anything to report?
0: I just was wondering if by the time this comes out, will Jeff Bezos be in space? <laughs> I was thinking about that in his little space flight. I wonder if he's up there
1: already. Ugh, do we care? Well, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I've developed some very like harsh feels towards certain men in our society. <laughs> Jeff Bezos yeah, I being know. one of them, Musk being the I think the other. last week's...
0: <laughs> Two weeks episodes ago, District 9, we had a bit of a, we had a rant about him. I don't know if we made the cut, but Mm. now he's in space, so (laughs) whatever. It's like anti-science news.
1: (laughs) Well, do you know what? Actually, maybe this is what we should start doing in our little um, general introductory chit-chat bit. Uh, Frida, any science news from your world?
0: I really had something, you know. (laughs) I had it and I lost it. From my world, I've got a couple of grant applications that I put in. It's exciting. Hope I get them. Probably won't. Hey, um,
1: no doubt. Well, that's just. The... Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just being. Yeah. It's just <laughs> it's you know the, the world. The world of academia and grant applications.
0: Yeah, I told Abby before that that I am currently trying to put down 535 words down to 500
1: <laughs> whatever I don't have any news do you have news I'm trying to think because we do this in advance I'm like what is my science news well we have a laser it's on cool we, we didn't
0: did you put an Our ice block broke. in front of it uh, no we have not just blown it? up an ice block
1: as of yet but, but what maybe, good is it I don't know
0: you don't even know where you are no nah. no <laughs> yeah
1: to be fair it's being built at the moment we haven't actually set the system up yet so it's fine that I don't know where we are yet I will mm-hmm. science
0: <laughs> you'll go very quickly from not knowing where you are and not knowing what you're doing to panicking that it's been way too long and you haven't had enough done and what do I have to <laughs> yeah. show for the time that I've been here and I'm so hopeless and what a loser am I and I'm never gonna do anything good Freda, I'm they're, already they're just gonna fire me and oh my god <laughs>
1: That's just a weekly occurrence. Monday starts out bright and cheery, like oh my god, everything's great and this is exciting. And by Friday, I'm like oh my god, what am I even doing here? <laughs> it's just I think that's that's normal, right? they got to find me, me out. That's They're
0: gonna find me out.
1: <laughs> They're gonna kick me out.
0: <laughs> ah.
1: Okay, Too there's true. some real world science for you guys. Now let's talk about some fake science.
0: Yeah, let's escape to fake science.
1: Um, all right, let's do a movie summary then so that we can actually get into this. We are talking about The Meg, the movie where they really wanted to remake Jaws, but then they saw how much money Jurassic Park made. So we begin where all good movies what the begin. Fuck? <laughs> get... We begin where all good movies begin with a tragic backstory. Yeah. Jonas Taylor is on a rescue mission deep in the ocean when an unidentified swimming object, a USO if you will, attacks the submarine risking the lives of all on board. Jonas makes a Sophie's Choice, locks the door and rises to the top, much to the dismay of Dr. Heller, who clearly has no chill. Time jump! Enter billionaire playboy philanthropist! Jokes. It's a billionaire jackass buffoon, Jack Mars, who's on a visit to the (laughs) super swanky research facility he paid for, yet has no idea what they are researching. But we do. They are a group of marine biologists and oceanographers exploring the deepest trench in the ocean. And they have found a magic layer of sea clouds that is hiding an untouched marine wonderland. While investigating below the thermocline, disaster strikes. Something else is down here. Shock, awe, and panic ensues, all of which could have been avoided with a simple investigative probe. The divers (laughs) are stranded, and there is only one man who could possibly reach them. Only one man who has the experience, the bravery, the awkward romantic history with the stranded female. One man with one drinking problem. Just some casual humour about alcoholism and a ruined career to follow. Jonas agrees to heading a rescue mission. But if he didn't, then what even is this movie? Before he could make it, enter Su Yin. Badass independent scientist who waits for no man and can do it herself. Until the guy turns up and sends her home so he can be the hero. (laughs) Speaking of, save the cheerleader, save the world. From a giant prehistoric shark. (laughs) <laughs> the meg has arrived and she is hungry she's probably a bit hangry actually i'll get hangry in a totally unlucky coincidence the meg followed the crew as they escaped through the thermocline magic cloudler and is now free to roam the nearby beaches snacking on floating humans and using boats as toothpicks the rest of the movie is basically jaws People die, people narrowly escape, and we have the classic, we caught it. Oh, no, wait, we didn't fake out. (laughs) Now let's go kill this giant shark.
0: (laughs) Something just occurred to me. Yeah. That his name is Jonas, which comes from Jonah, as in Jonah and the whale from the Bible. Cool. Cool. whatever. Next.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I kind of figured that's where Jonas came from. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, this movie is not hiding any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not subtly trying to hint at anything. It gets swallowed. You? Someone
0: almost gets swallowed by the Meg. Who is it?
1: Almost. No, the wall gets the totally wall gets... swallowed. Someone <laughs> completely in there? swallowed. Oh, oh with do you the mean shark the, tank. the shark tank bit with Suyin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Suyin. So. Yeah. No, whatever.
0: <laughs> they do reference a lot of things. it's just references from start to finish if you will
1: (laughs) how do you feel about this movie
0: (laughs) I have a couple of things to rant about but I will say for the first like three-fifths of the movie I'm really enjoying myself you know I'm having a laugh it's fun you know I'm like yeah Yeah. and then it gets to the bit where I'm like either it's over and that's brilliant if it's over or it's like alien and the film's about to actually begin (laughs) and I'm sorry to say the latter was true and after (laughs) 10 minutes I was so exhausted that by the time they got to Mad vs Shark, I basically was refusing to watch. I was like, no. <laughs> and I was thinking more and more what bothers me about what bothered me about it, you know? And I realized it's all the show off CGI. Because they can show us mm. anything, everything, so much of it all the time. And it basically cheapens everything. They yeah. even managed to cheapen humpback whales. They like cheapen it somehow. And it's like, you see the shark all the time and the impact isn't very big. But the end, I'm like, whatever, whatever. And also there's like no gore at all. For a movie that's just like over the top and like killing people, right. no gore. Give us gore at least. Give us a close ups of someone's hand being chopped off in blood. Like there's no blood. There's nothing. There's no, what? like no close-ups of people getting killed. It's all just like very cheap. He like swallows up crowds of people. It's ridiculous. Fuck that. Gore. Blood. headless people it's hard to
1: do gore and blood when the shark is so big
0: (laughs) dying people something it's just it just was cheap everything was cheapened yeah that's what i that's what i think
1: yeah i agree with you and the thing is what what i was actually thinking was to be honest the second watch is actually much better because the first time i watched it i spent a lot of time thinking what the fuck is going on here what is this movie oh my god But the second time around, because I knew how ridiculous it was, I was able to, like, just completely lean into the cheesiness Mm. and the stupidity and just really enjoy it. And so the second time around, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was just like, this is hilarious.
0: (laughs) I kind of knew what it was, you know, the first viewing. So I did enjoy it. But like, up to a point, up to a point, at the end of the day, bad is bad.
1: Well, did you want to talk about any of the cast? Yep, um... yep.
0: I was a... Oh, okay. I'm very happy to see Hira Nakamura, Masioka. Yeah. Thrilled. <laughs> Not as happy Thrill. to see Ruby Rose, who looked like she was added digitally. What? Yeah. I... Was she added digitally in post? She was like that, the one from Geostorm, the lady who was like added. Oh, <laughs> God. She didn't look like a real person. And I, honestly, I find, I don't really, I just don't like her. Um... But I liked things about her character. I just think the actress is she looked totally like a a plastic. And and what do you think about Ruby Rose?
1: (laughs) I think it just felt really fake to me. It just felt like because it was they were terrible actors.
0: Because they're terrible actors. (laughs) Because it's Ruby Rose and she sucks. You're a DJ and a model from Sydney. Like stick to your lane, lady. Oh my god.
1: Seriously. Seriously, I don't know who Ruby Rose is.
0: <laughs> She's a model slash DJ. Like, do you need to dominate everything? Anyway, I have another cast. Okay. I have one more cast yeah, comment. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Cliff Curtis, not only is he skinny, he is in his New Zealand accent, which... I don't think I've ever seen, like not since Whale Rider has this guy been in a movie with his accent and like, hallelujah, I really think fake accents are stupid. But in Sunshine, when they're in International Crew, but they just think it's way too unrealistic. In a, in a movie where they have a nuclear bomb in the sun, they think, no, 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 it's too unrealistic <laughs> to have someone from New Zealand be on this space team. But, but in this movie, they weren't above having someone from New Zealand on the ship. But I guess New Zealand people are more water people. Especially if he's like Polynesian. He's more of a water person (laughs) than a space person. So I guess it makes sense. But I love that guy.
1: Yeah, you see, you're right. There's there's times where like the, I mean, the accent is not integral to the story. Like the person's where the what country the person is from is not integral to the story so why make them have a fake accent like just let them have their accent totally but, um but yeah that's good i knew i was really i was genuinely excited for you to see it when because i was like oh she's gonna she's gonna go off about chris curtis i know <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be super excited about it i like him um he's like got him, one of those I like faces him in the movie.
0: yeah i like it in the movie too
1: and i just want to say no matter like yeah. the kid is adorable
0: yeah, I really liked her. Um, what, what do they say? Um, staying away from children, water and animals. Like any filmmaker knows to stay away from children, water and animals. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> and this one had all three. Amazing. She was good. And just another little comment. I, can't, I like how the mil- movie started where instead of a vertical limit, kind of I'm going to sacrifice myself, then you have to live with that. I like that he just shut the door. He was yeah. like, "No, you guys are fucked. I'm making the decision." I was like, "Huh? Yeah, cool." Like, and they never do that in movies. They never have the the guts to do that to do that in movies and make the guy a, a, the hero, even though I guess it's an antihero. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have stayed with that level of guts um, yeah. the entire film.
1: Yeah, that could have been interesting, actually. You know. Mm. He's in the water. He's fucked. Forget him. Let's go.
0: Like, kill off the kid. You know, like, do something insane. Like, that's what I mean. Like, they should have. Sorry. In
1: classic disaster movie style, they didn't even kill the fucking dog.
0: Oh, there was a dog, wasn't there?
1: Right. Let's let's get into the movie proper then. Let's get into our topics. We'll do some themes. Uh, big shark. That's the theme. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, next. Uh, (laughs) Well, actually, I did also say it's um, vindication and redemption. Hard man done good and gets pretty lady at the end. Mm -hmm. That's the theme. Uh, So moving swiftly along to tropes. Frida. what is your trope, my dear?
0: A young D-bag billionaire is my trope. (laughs) And I want to say that if, if this was a 90s film, Cindy Crawford would have made a cameo as his girlfriend. That's how you know we're not in the 90s anymore, that he didn't come down with two supermodels. <laughs> Am I right? This is true. This is very true. See, that's progress. Alexandria Ocasio- <laughs> Ocasio-Cortez, eat my shorts. What's well done. your trope? Nice. Very nice. I like it.
1: <laughs> um, I have two. My first one is sharks on beaches.
0: Just <laughs> sharks on <laughs> beaches.
1: Just like doesn't happen that much in real life. Giant prehistoric shark on a shallow beach. Like how did mm. it even fit? It's stupid. Yeah, um, everyone was
0: awfully deep, weren't they?
1: <clears throat> so, uh, and then my main one is just the whole overall backstory to Jonas's character. You know, just he's crazy. He's seeing things. He left our friends to die. Mm -hmm. Now he's a drunk on an island Because what? He's haunted by the choices that he made He's not haunted by anything That man is not haunted
0: I think he Well maybe he's not haunted Maybe he's just like Fuck this shit He just doesn't want to Have to keep explaining himself to people And he's just like Fuck you guys
1: (laughs) That does make a little bit more sense
0: Yeah Yeah He's like, fuck the world. I was doing my fucking job. That's what I was. That That's what they put me through all that psychological training for to make sure that I could do that when I had to do that. You guys suck. I'm going to drink beer in Thailand.
1: <laughs> all right. Okay. Let's do science. <clears throat> Shall we do science? Do you want some science? Yeah. Ocean science. All right. Let's start with the topic of the movie. Uh, well, let's start with the field because this is the first time we've done anything to do with the ocean. Uh, we are dealing with oceanography and marine biology through deep sea exploration I'm actually really excited about it just because you know it's nice when we get like a totally new science topic that I'm sure neither of us well I don't know do you know much about this type of a uh, research field I know nothing well I knew nothing
0: no but my mum. Uh, I'm not saying this actually she's listening never yeah. mind sorry mom Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay moving along <laughs> okay oceanography is exactly what it sounds like the study of the ocean we are covering topics from ocean currents to plate tectonics ecosystems and the geology of the seafloor oceanographers can study areas from marine geology physics chemistry and biology and then marine biology is the scientific study of biology of marine life It covers a wide range of habitats, from tiny organisms in surface water to estuaries, coral reefs, seagrass meadows, thermal vents, all the way down to the deepest trenches of our oceans. And this is where we're going for today. So, Frida, before we get deep into the trenches, I wanted to check in with you, because I was thinking, when I was watching this movie, that we are so, like, other people, not you, are so obsessed with movies about stars and space because it's so magical and unknown and we all want to be a part of it. But the deep sea is also a vast region of mystery and beauty and it's right here. We can actually explore it. And in some ways, it's just as dangerous and scary as space. So I was just wondering, are you feeling triggered?
0: (laughs) I do find the ocean very scary. Like, if I'm in the beach and I'm deep enough that I can't see underneath my feet, it, to me, that's terrifying and I have to go back. I can't handle the idea of, of stuff underneath me and I can't see what it is. That's horrifying. Yeah. I,
1: I, I agree with you. Yeah. I find it very difficult. Yeah. I find it uh-huh. very difficult to go into the ocean. I find it very difficult to go into the ocean and to be uh, in Ireland, like the beaches, there'll be a lot of seaweed. So you go and I get really stressed because I'm like, what's in the seaweed? What's in the seaweed? I can't see it. Yeah, stuff. (laughs) Stuff. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what's happening in this movie then. We open with a deep sea rescue mission in the Philippine Trench, which is a real place. I believe it is the third deepest trench in the ocean, with Horizon Deep and the Tonga Trench being the second. Now, the Philippine Trench is found in the East Philippines and contains the Galathea Deep or the Galathea Depth that comes in at about 10.5 kilometers below sea level. And this is where we meet our hero and gain our tragic backstory. Hashtag airlock drama. Oh, oh, yeah. The motivation does come from the actions that happen in the Philippine Trench and once we leave it we head to our main location for the movie which is MANA 1, a deep sea research facility located in the western Pacific Ocean at the deepest part of our ocean, the Mariana Trench. Now, what did you think about the super swanky billionaire funded MANA 1 station research facility?
0: look it was cool it looked really uh comfortable i'm wondering if there's anything even remotely like that in the entire world
1: (laughs) the answer would be no
0: are there under the sea research facilities at all there is
1: only one in the entire world oh yeah it is the aquarius reef base and it's off the coast of the florida keys but it is only 15 meters below the surface (laughs) Uh, But like it's cool it's I mean it's really cool because it is the only one they monitor the marine ecosystem of the area and Mm. they use it to test undersea equipment and they also train both firstly I love that it it makes total sense but I love this they train aquanauts love it um, for specialized (laughs) diving and they also it's one of the places where NASA send their astronauts to train for spacewalks
0: yeah you mentioned that actually with gravity yeah. yeah cool I didn't know it was that exact place but that underwater
1: yeah awesome so it's it's cool but yeah it's it looks kind of like um I should put a picture of it up but it looks kind of like a what you might think those will like you know it's it's a metal container it's obviously covered in bits of sea and it's not this swanky glass like yeah yeah a structure where it's there's the just swank just the wandering swank. around
0: <laughs> the amount of swank is just yeah. obviously it's hollywood yeah. science slash china movie yeah
1: um while we are okay so there yeah there may not be any super swanky billionaire funded deep sea facilities in the real world this movie does have it and while on Mana one we meet the bulk of our scientists we've got Toshi on the wall there in the submersible with our pilot Laurie and then we have Mac, Jax, DJ and Dr. Heller in I guess what we would call a mission control. Now to be honest it's not really clear to me who all these people are. (laughs) (laughs) Like I assume that they are all some iteration of a classic stereotype from this kind of movie. I assume that they are all some form of a of a scientist because they are all working on this research facility I'm not mad about it I enjoyed a lot of their deaths um I didn't but I just didn't mind I didn't really have any main opinion of them I just didn't really care about any of their stories or their survival no, yeah, I guess
0: not. There was a lot of people. And and there was a guy who, like, rocked up. It's like, I didn't even notice him. And then, like, like halfway through the movie or maybe more, suddenly he just is, like, talking. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Where did he come from? Toshi, though. Yeah. You know, the only thing I just want to say about Toshi is that the only Japanese character commits unnecessary ritual suicide. <laughs> They, the only Japanese to... guy has to do that. It's the most unnecessary suicide I've ever seen. Why didn't he just detach? Then they, then they, he sort of detach and then impact, and then see if they can save him. I don't know why they ha- he had to blow himself up or whatever.
1: It's like. <sighs> We're going to get a little bit into this okay, whole thing okay. in, a, in a minute. But like, no, but you're right. And I mean, it's clearly purely only done for the sake of being able to semi replicate the events of the first part of the movie so that it can make it seem like Jonas isn't up to the task. But it never goes anywhere it's unnecessary yeah. they it doesn't do anything it all it does is did you one brief moment for her to just be like you left Toshi down there tonight no I didn't oh okay
0: he did it and also what did his note say and also I really like the bit I, I do like this line though Cliff Curtis I think it's Cliff Curtis says it and they're like this is great we found this Meg and he's like it isn't great not for Toshi and not for science <laughs> I would like to use that line. Aww. It's a terrible line.
1: Yeah, whatever. Do you, do you feel anything more about any of these characters as like scientists? Mm-hmm. Well, it's I hard just have... because you don't really know what they were doing.
0: Well, Dax. Dax is Jax. Dax is science character. Jax. It's a classic Jax. Whatever. <laughs> Jax. It's a classic spectral callback. She's a materials engineer. She's a oh, civil yeah. engineer. And you know what else she is? She is a hacker. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> why well, are you also a hacker? Are you software? Are you hardware? Are you materials? Because they're all different things.
1: I okay? assumed she was a techie nerd. Yeah.
0: General tech thing. person. So she was yeah. like she... with the computers, but then she designed. She was like, that's why I designed this whole place. She says she she does she said, Wait, she dis- she said oh my- I designed this whole place. And she's the shark tank. She's like, this material, it's got the bard force and da da. da And then she hacks. Whatever, whatever. And I just I do have comments about Jace J Jatham's character as well. Jason. Um, Jatham.
1: Jatham. Okay. Uh we'll come back to him in a minute then. So okay. let's just before we do that, let's um let's move away from the well, not away from the station. We are in the station. We stay in the station because we have the the two that are leading the charge. Father-daughter duo, doctors Minwei Zhang and Su Yin Zhang. And they are both marine biologists, as far as I can tell. And so they study the organisms and ecosystems in the ocean. And as with many fields, there's a lot of specialisms that would come under this. Uh, But given that what Su Yin talks about, about having spent a lot of time in shark cages and stuff, I'm going to guess that she's some sort of variation of a fish biologist, marine mammologist, or just a straight up shark scientist, which is a real thing. Um, And it's actually quite cool. I love the Zhangs. I don't know how you felt, about. I love them. I really enjoyed Winston Chow as the leader of the group. I totally believe him as a PI on a big research project.
0: Sure. I had no problem with them. They were fine.
1: Oh, yeah and they were all? fine like, yeah yeah they were fine and I was like cool there you go yeah. <laughs> I love Su Yin yeah I love like Li Bingbing is my favorite thing about this whole movie oh really I liked yeah. her like
0: she, she seemed like just... a real person
1: yeah I like I think she's a great scientist. I, I what I like about her representation is that she keeps having to fight to kind of go, "Hello, I've been doing this for years. I have experience. I have knowledge. I know exactly what to do yeah. here." Could you just I let like me do my I like when he tries job? to go
0: without she tries to go instead. He's like, "Mate, like I've done 300 shark dives." <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Yeah.
1: It's like, "What are you talking about, man? This is
0: what I know how to do." Yeah.
1: Yeah so and I mean I, the only thing I don't like is that they do that classic thing though where she she gets that moment where she's like I know what I'm fucking doing and she goes to do it but then he keeps having to save her yeah
0: he saves her anyway so yeah she's like See? except for at the very end yes, 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 yes. and she
1: saves him but she doesn't really save him he kills the shark and then she just gives him a lift back but like <laughs> beep beep Hop in! So I feel like they could've done more with her. I feel like they could have been more kinda of like they could have like they they almost allowed her to be that independent female scientist of mm-hmm. kinda of like, you know, I know how to do my job, so let me just fucking do it. But then they also Nearly. I feel like maybe gave her that that realistic pushback that a lot of female scientists get in the world where the guys are around are going, No, no, we'll handle this honey. True.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah real I mean, yeah eliza like, she seemed like she was kind of a real person with her daughter on the on the thing with her as pretty inappropriate, I guess, but I guess it was a very cushy yeah. place, so maybe it was it was fine in that in that circumstance
1: yeah in the in this in our swankified
0: <laughs> yeah exactly,
1: yeah, um, okay, so the last person we do need to bring up is a jonas Taylor jatham um. Jatham he's not a scientist per se but like he is a rescue diver and rescue divers do need to like there's a lot of training and a lot of knowledge and understanding about the ocean and a lot of like scientific concepts that you would have to understand to be able to be a rescue diver so how how do we feel about Jatham
0: Jonas look Maybe this is just 21st century screenwriting, but I thought he, I liked his positive masculinity. I thought he had positive masculinity. Like, first of all, I, the elevator scene for me was him being like, cool, you look like you know what you're doing. He doesn't put her down. Doesn't put that's Jax. He spends time with the child, having a conversation. Although you know, then they develop the relationship with the mom. So I was like, yeah, I guess that cheapens the child interaction because you're just trying to get close to the mom. Although he hadn't met the mom yet at the time, so I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But he spends time with the child, like properly talks to her. He's not competitive. I don't think he's competitive. And the other thing is the mixed race romance, which is honestly very rare. It's very rare mm. in movies. There were parts of his character I was like, I think this is, a, a, a this is a change from '90s disaster films. I thought, and and That's even though I'm like, I wish that they did have a big old patch, but I'm kind of happy that they didn't. That they were just like cool, like that they didn't make it, make it central to the to the resolution at the end of the movie was them having to be like, and now we're in love. Yeah. Um so I kind of like that. I, d- I thought I thought he was like this is an example of a hero of the disaster film that has more traits that are more in line with like a positive modern masculinity and not a tox and not a toxic masculinity. Putting down women, that, yeah, competitive Dismissing children.
1: I just think Jason Statham himself is Jatham. Like that Jatham. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a lot I think a lot of that character that comes into like the the idea of Jonas I don't think that's like character development I think that's Jason Statham that's Jason person. yeah yeah just showing like I think that he has those types of beliefs I think he has very positive attitudes towards women and um and things like that and mm. yeah I think he's a good guy Oh god! I hope something's not going to come out now and be like. No,
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, like we've been through this before, but um, yeah, I think he, he, his character did not have to put everyone down around him in order for him to seem strong. Like mm. he was confident of his abilities, and he didn't need to shit yeah. on people or make fights, physical fights or anything like that. He's just, and I do like I do like his scenes with the little girl a lot. I like yeah, the way he he listened to her and he took her seriously. People, more people should do that with, mm. with children Especially little girls uh, Take them yeah. seriously about their thoughts And their intellect and what they're into And not just talk about their pretty dress Or pretty girl oh, face yes.
1: um, Okay well look these are the people that we've got Kind of going on <clears throat> Hanging out on Mana One So let's talk a little bit more About where they are and what they're doing Because as I mentioned Manor One Is a research facility located at the Mariana Trench And it is likely placed at or near to Challenger Deep, which is the deepest part of the trench and the deepest place on our planet. It has been measured at approximately 10,900 kilometers, not kilometers, 10,900 meters (laughs) deep. For comparison, if you want to try to visualize this, that is taller than Mount Everest, which is 8,800 meters tall. Also, to put this into context, anything below 200 meters is technically classed as deep sea. So 10,900 meters is deep. Mm, Now, That's
0: deep, deep.
1: (sighs) When we say that Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench is the deepest part of the ocean, what we mean scientifically is that it is the maximum depth of a point that can be accessed or defined. You cannot free dive to these places. For this type of deep diving, you need a submersible, which is a specific kind of small submarine that is supported by teams and platforms on the shore. Not taking the explorations of our cast into account, let's talk for a minute about real world dives to Challenger Deep. There have been four submersibles that have made the journey, with the most recent being the Chinese Fenzu in 2020, and multiple trips between 2019 to now by the US limiting factor. Prior to 2019, only three people had ever dived to Challenger Deep. Don Walsh and Jacques Piccard on the Trieste in 1960, and then Real actual honest to god hollywood filmmaker james cameron in his deep sea challenger in 2012 this just blows my mind yeah i did know that he made a movie about it he made a documentary if anyone's interested in it called i think it's um deep sea challenger in 3d or something it's amazing he he is the first ever solo trip to the deepest place on our planet
0: yeah it's amazing
1: it was it's so fascinating um and i do want to mention one more trip to challenger deep because i just just because it's kind of cool in 2020 catherine sullivan was the first woman to dive but the second woman to dive which was also in 2020 was vanessa o'brien and vanessa o'brien is also a mountaineer who has previously reached the summit of mount everest back in 2012 so last uh, yes. year, she became the first person in the world, and I would think currently the only person in the world, to have been to the highest and the lowest point on our planet.
0: Unbelievable. Isn't that so Go cool? Great lady. Yeah, I think she's been on, I think there's whatever podcasts, mm. she's, she's been on something. She's been on something. Joe Rogan yeah, or She's written shit. a couple of books. Yeah. She's...
1: Mm. i just i just love it i just i just think it's amazing um the people the type like of resolve you must have because the training you would have to go through to be able to do that and everest is like that's not just a thing of like oh if i train and get fit i can climb to the top of everest like it's dangerous Mm. so yeah i just thought that was really cool um so crazy so why are we talking about this why are we talking about submersibles to challenger deep Back to the movie. Laurie, Toshi, and The Wall are in a submersible exploring the bottom of the Mariana Trench. So, this is entirely plausible. Their craft is obviously like way more Hollywoodified than it would be in reality. But, like, a three person exploration mission to the deepest part of the ocean is not only scientifically possible, it has been achieved. But what this story is telling us is that there is a layer of thermocline at this deepest point and once that? the crew breaches this layer of its magic sea clouds um, and then below this thermocline they find a marine wonderland so in a minute I'm going to explain why this is totally scientifically inaccurate but just for a moment how lovely is this scene when they go below the thermocline and they see all of this like marine life I just mm. I I was kind of like oh this is just amazing
0: yeah it was amazing it was a bit scary I was kind of relieved for a bit that the movie just gave us a little bit of like
1: oh this is so nice
0: as opposed to like immediate shark attack it was just a little bit of like oh yeah isn't nature wonderful
1: well that's it exactly because I just had that moment where I was just like oh we just we don't highlight or appreciate marine biology enough like we just don't pay enough attention to it and it's I think because as you said, so, mon- so many of us are just like, we go into the ocean and you can't see below your feet and you're like, ah, what's down there? And it's like, that kind of stuff is down there. It's beautiful. Pay attention. Okay, now the reasons why this scene is total bollocks. <laughs> okay, thermocline. The premise here is that the base of the Mariana Trench is not really the base, that it is a false bottom. And I read an article that said that the reason the false bottom is so implausible is because if it was real, James Cameron would have made a movie about it already. I just thought that was lol. (laughs) Considering James Cameron actually touched down on the ocean floor of the Mariana Trench, it seems unlikely that there's anything below it. But let's say that there was something below it and that there is this layer of thermocline at the bottom of the ocean. What is a thermocline? This is a layer in water where there is an abrupt temperature gradient hey, geostorm. (laughs) So the layers above and below are at different temperatures and the waters don't mix between the layers. So basically it's like a transition layer. The water above is warmer and the water below is cooler. Uh, Leading us to the reasons why the stunning ecosystem below is very implausible. So in our oceans, at about 200 meters below the surface, the temperature is around 13 degrees Celsius. And then this is where the thermocline starts. And it continues to about 1,000 meters, where the temperature is now around 4 degrees Celsius. From Mm -hmm. here, from 1,000 meters, down to around 4,000 meters, the temperature is pretty constant. And then below 4,000 meters, the temperatures go down to just above zero. So when you're at the base of the Mariana Trench, it's fucking cold. Now. Yeah. I guess it's possible that the movie is proposing that there's like a reverse thermocline layer at the base of the trench where the temperature is increasing again. Potentially when they move through the thermocline this time the temperature goes up and we end up in a warmer water where this like awesome world is existing. But the problem with this is and say it with me science people pressure.
0: Mm. At pressure, the- Under pressure coming
1: down on me Going down on torches. Oh, stop it. Save the cheerleader. At the depth of Challenger Deep, the pressure is increased to 1,000 times what we feel on the surface. So all that crushing weight of the ocean pressing, pressing down. And yes, there are microorganisms and small marine life, such as amoebas, sea cucumbers and jellyfish that can exist in the depths Mm -hmm. of the trench. But an entire ecosystem thriving in this way just seems unlikely marine biologists come at me if i'm wrong please do tell me i'm just pretty sure that it's not a thing that you would be able to find all of these things on the ocean floor at this depth mm-hmm. how do you speak how do you feel about the ocean floor what do you think would? how be do down i there? feel about yeah
0: there's crazy shit on the ocean floor <laughs> Because actually, it's like an entirely different and and like you said, like, you can't imagine things surviving because it's the conditions are so drastically different Mm. to like our conditions. It's basically like an alien world. And that's why when I was studying first year astronomy, our first like subject was about the idea that there might be life on another planet. We looked at the ocean floor because it shows us that life can thrive when the conditions to sustain life are what we thought. Was the conditions to sustain life don't exist? Um, can you still have life? And the answer is fuck yeah. There's so much life on the ocean floor that is completely not what we associate with life. And so you want to hear about some of that Yes, them? please. Well, just what's in the movie because you see giant sea tubes and you see uh, next to the, the those clouds of black smoke. Those that's a real thing on the ocean floor. Those. So I learned about this and. Um, those alien sea troops are pretty much alien, sorry. Those um, giant red sea troops are pretty much alien. Why? Because they live in like a sulfur rich environment. They actually live off sulfur, oh, wow. which is crazy. Yeah, instead of like carbon, you know, it's sulfur. So they actually, their larvae, colonize areas around those vents, those black things of smoke. And so those vents, they can, there's like, they're called hydrothermal vents. And they can either be white, and they're called white smokers, or black, and they're called black smokers. And that depends on their distance from the source, their source being volcanic activity underground. They're basically like little volcanoes, right? Mm -hmm. If it's the black smokers, then their particles actually consist of sulfur-bearing minerals. And that's what the sea tubes feed off of. Well, they don't exactly eat. They don't really eat per se. They have bacteria in their gut that transforms directly transforms the sulfur into energy, and that's how they live. And they have a remarkable amount of creatures that sort of live around this mm. ecosystem. There's loads of weird shit. Yeah, and they don't. Even, it's they live off nothing. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing because it is possible to survive on the sea floor. Absolutely on the ocean floor. Absolutely, but. To survive at the depth of like um, nearly eleven thousand meters below yeah. water with that level of pressure, it just takes a very different type of an animal to survive. I think or, or a yeah. different type of organism to survive, and that's why like a lot of what might be smaller organisms or things that can survive mm. on the floor rather than teeny things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it's so fascinating. Because, yes, of course, we haven't quite explored a whole lot of the ocean floor as of as of yet, because Mm -hmm. it is dangerous to go down to those depths and you have to have very specialized equipment to do that. Um, But it it does seem a little bit implausible that you would be able to go below a thermocline layer to below 11,000 meters and find the extent of what they found down there yeah in the movie
0: yeah those creatures that i described aren't down there they're like much higher up we we knew about those already before they went to the mariana trench
1: yeah and then what's happened now so is we have our beautiful system this beautiful marine life world that's existing below the thermocline but what about the creatures that live there enter the
0: meg the meg the meg
1: what is it Where does it come from? Sit back and relax and let me me tell you a story about the Megalodon. Now, a number of spoof documentaries have led people to believe that the Meg could be found today in the depths of the Mariana Trench. The reality is that the Megalodon, as we know it, went extinct around 2.6 million years ago. And this Mm. is true. It did. It's gone. Stop it. It's not out (laughs) there. (laughs) But what is it? A megalodon is a shark from the extinct Otodontidae family, which are commonly referred to as megatooth sharks. The majority of fossils found for sharks are teeth, and this is because sharks lose a set of teeth every 1 to 2 weeks. Oh, what? They are constantly producing new teeth, making it through up to 40 thousand teeth in their lifetime oh my god so while a shark skeleton is more reminiscent of short of like softer cartilage and it's less likely to fossilize um there is an abundance of teeth to collect on the ocean floor Hmm. and it's all of these megalodon teeth found on every continent except antarctica which is important That let us know that it liked to hunt in tropical and subtropical waters around 15 to 60 metres below the surface. Wow. Now, let's do a little comparison here. Take a human, around six foot tall, just say. Teeth, roughly point like four of an inch. Modern day great white shark, 22 feet long, about the size of a T-Rex. Maximum tooth size, about three inches. Big and scary and not something you want coming anywhere fucking near you. The megalodon. 60 feet long. That's three T-Rexes or like 10 people. With teeth on average, seven inches. Now Take a second and imagine seven inches. Mm. Imagine how big that mouth has to be. Shit, Bigger than that. Big, yeah. Um, so, how likely do you think it is that there exists a sixty-foot shark that likes to live in warm waters and shed seven-inch teeth on the regular?
0: <laughs> I think back, back in the olden days, things were much bigger. Yeah, there were much bigger things in general. So it's like smaller, and we discuss interest about small and smaller things survive. So maybe like everything was bigger. So. Yeah.
1: Well that's the thing you're right like everything was bigger back then and if it still existed today like we would know it was there even if we didn't yeah. see it there would still be evidence in the waters the teeth would be found everywhere like you would know mm-hmm. from from like prey and just the way that like uh, the way that it would affect other systems because of what it would need to eat and there's just no new megalodon teeth popping up on the ocean floor so right everything is Fair fossils enough. from two and a half million years ago
0: yeah although Raff reckons there's definitely giants what well, definitely but Raff reckons there's giant squid on the mariana trench he told me he's like probably there's probably
1: a giant squid has been found very recently living in much deeper waters than expected yeah so we so we would have found so the evidence if there, there was is, a shark yeah exactly and And yeah, that's the thing. Some people do believe that the Megalodon is living down there in the Mariana Trench. But what you've got to think as well is like, we've just talked about how cold it is down there and how intense the pressures are. So it just doesn't fly that like a Megalodon of 60 feet and the weight that that would be would be able to survive in that deep, cold water. And have enough food to sustain it at that size. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's
0: the food thing. Yeah. Well, that's because the big one. this is
1: the thing, because the things that contributed to the extinction of the megalodon come from a, a number of different factors. There's the cooling of the planet during an ice age, because megs would give birth to their young in shallow, warm waters, which would act as their nurseries. And mm. over time, the waters cooled, their nursery spots were destroyed. Also, like animals lower on the food chain who would have been their their food source would have maybe perished in the cooling temperatures or adapted to them which then reduces the food supply for the megalodons and then on top of all of that you have the introduction of new predators like the great white sharks uh, who were similar in like who ate similar food but were smaller and more agile so that just created competition and would yeah. have limited the food supply for the megalodon So the megalodon just wouldn't have been able to keep up. Yeah. So I'm sorry to disappoint, but the megalodon is an extinct shark. Which, thank God for that. Exactly, because look at the body count. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) Speaking of, there is an estimate that given the size of the Meg, it would actually be perfectly sustained for the day with a meal of just one human Ah, so a- this shark is clearly a homicidal mania. Yeah, it's an angry shark. <laughs> um, But that's pretty much all movie sharks, right? Yeah,
0: they're so angry. Why are they so angry? I guess, it, I guess they had this whole revenge thing here as well, that it was like getting revenge on the humans bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bit of a Moby Dick. Yeah. I love that this movie just like chucked Moby Dick in there too. It's like it didn't have enough shit in there that had to be like... <laughs> It was like, Abyss reference. And then it was like, Moby Dick. It's like, <laughs> let's just like condense that story into five minutes. Yeah. So it's like, it it wanted to take revenge on the shark fin boat.
1: Yeah. Yes. The revenge thing. That's interesting because a lot of movies do that. A lot of movies do the whole like, oh, let's, let's be, let's, the sharks revengeful. Mm. Like what, what, like what? that's so there's this great youtube video um from gq where a marine biologist melissa christina marquez um goes through shark movies so if you're interested you should totally check that out I put it in the show notes i loved it and i loved her this this um this uh, marine biologist i actually love her mm. now uh so i just want to give a couple of quick facts about shark behavior that she kind of raised in that video um sharks are ambush predators And they do like to attack at the surface. They've got this thing called counter camouflage, which is kind of terrifying. It's they're darker on the top and lighter on the bottom. And that allows them to be stealthy and surprise attack because it can be really hard to see them in the water.
0: Ah,
1: It's um, scary. Yeah. So like from above, they kind of blend in with the darkness of the ocean. And then from below, they blend in with the light, the sunlight coming through. Wow. So... The other thing, as well, is as we said about them being able to detect like the electrical signals, they can detect your heart rate increasing. So, if you do come across a shark when you're in the water, it's super important to stay calm, move slowly, and no splashy, splashy. It's like a lie detector test. Yeah. You need special Soviet (laughs) training for that. (laughs) Uh, um, Sharks also, this one I found really interesting is that um, sharks don't intentionally ram cages. Oh, it's like what we're saying about them being vengeful and angry. The reason sharks ram cages is because they cannot swim backwards. So if they oh. get too close to the cage, or if you if you're trying to lure them and you pull the bait and the bait's too close to the cage, they'll just end up ramming the cage because they can't swim backwards. Yeah, shit, they haven't got little flippers that they can just be like meow, 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 yeah. Meow. Yeah, and their eyes are kind of on their sides, really, as well. So they might not see the cage. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, but it's not. They don't ram them because they're mad and they're trying to get at the person in the cage. It's just because they
0: don't. Have people, they else have to a go. bad rep. Very unfair,
1: <laughs> right? And then the other thing that I thought was quite sweet is that um, some sharks are really shy, and even the ones who aren't shy, they're just really unlikely to approach large groups of people. It would only happen if there was food around that area, and if they were really, really hungry, right? So, like, if you had like slop or something, mm, and chow, you know, you, yeah, chow—that's the word chow. <laughs> she was talking there. She actually in the clip she talks about there's a scene in that movie Couples Retreat where. Um, where Vince Vaughn gets covered in chow and then the sharks circle him and she's just like, don't do that. Don't get covered in chow. Don't drop chow on your friends. Just don't do that. <laughs> it's really good.
0: Unless it's Vince Vaughn and then I guess that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a Jaws bit as well with the chow and the, the shark comes. Mm. It's a good, good bit.
1: Oh, well, that's the thing. So, like, how best to steer clear of a shark? A uh, couple of things. Swim to the bottom and find somewhere to hide because they love to ambush attack at the surface. They don't actually like to come down deep into the water looking for food. Uh, stay calm, swim with a buddy always, and don't do the splashy-splashy. Mm-hmm. And if you do end up in a group of people randomly stranded far from shore where a giant extinct shark is circling, it's cool because someone will lure it away with sonar. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The sonar turned up in the movie only when it was convenient. And the only time that I think surely they have sonar to detect if a massive creature is close to their facility, they don't have sonar. (laughs) I guess the sonar can be done like you're actively kind of sending it out there um, or just trying to record stuff, but maybe... They're not constantly sending out, looking for signals. Maybe they have to be, like, intentionally scanning it. But I was just surprised that they didn't know that the shark was there until the little girl had to be like, Mama. That's all. I didn't have much to say about it. I prefer to talk about Sonar at a different movie. But, um, yeah, it just was – yeah, it was just (laughs) dumb. It was like the the girl's – the girl has to be the one to see it and drop her doll, you know. She's
1: like, la, 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 (laughs) la. (laughs) i think i just didn't understand what sonar was then Mm. yeah i get confused i think between like sonar radar um and things like that so yeah i think i thought what the i thought sonar was the thing that they were doing to lure the shark away i was just
0: playing music that's what i thought (laughs) yeah
1: so sonar is what they should have been using to be able to b- like bounce back some sort of a sound signal to be able to detect the location of the shark.
0: Size, location. Yeah, exactly. Right, Proximity, okay. more importantly. Yeah. It's just to see how sonar oh. is used in deep underwater, um, active sonar, for people to see how close or how far, they away, uh, uh, how far away they are from objects. And there are movies where sonar is much more a part of a plot where they really kind of like show that sonar can be used and you have to be extremely well trained to use sonar in order to to sort of listen for how close objects are so that you don't steer into anything or to detect if there's anything nearby as well if you want to find out any large objects are coming close to you like other um in other um other ships or anything like that what you use underwater is sonar where you send off sound waves and it bounces back and it lets you know that something is close by
1: Oh, okay.
0: There are some cool movies which show this, so we'll do one of those right, and then we'll, so we'll really we'll, get into it. We'll
1: yeah, we'll do then yeah, sonar, sonar in the future. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so like what this movie is doing and what most shark movies do will lead us to believe that the ocean is full of serial killers looking for their next victim. <laughs> uh, in reality, there are only around 100 shark bite events per year, with the majority being non-lethal minor injuries. Mm. On average, human deaths by shark amount to five per year. Okay. In the world? Uh, yeah, that is worldwide. Whereas, we kill around 100 million sharks per year. And it's quite sad because similar to what we talked about in District Nine with the rhino horns, yeah, it's mostly about their fins.
0: Yeah, it is. It is crazy, and it's it's funny because we talked about that last episode, and then this is another crazy thing. This episode and the thing about shark fin soup is that um. Well, just to go back, like what what is it? It's a traditional Chinese soup, but the thing is, it goes back over a thousand years. But the thing is, it used to be a delicacy eaten by the aristocracy. So it was rarely right. eaten by only small part of China, of, you know, a thousand year old China, right? Um, and, and the thing about it is like the fibers, it's about the texture of it. It has these fibers and it gives it a consistency that's similar to noodles in the soup, but they have basically no flavor and basically no d- nutritional value. They have to add like stock to it in order to give it flavor. It's just about the texture. Okay. The thing about China is that been, there's been so much wealth growth in China. There's so many more millionaires, so many more people that can afford it and want to have this delicacy. And so that kills about 73 million sharks per year killed just for shark fin soup. And then, of course, we eat sh- shark for other reasons. And they actually cut the fins off when they're alive, by the way. I mean, look, oh. fish grow through a lot. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, yeah, it's a delicacy and it's traditional But when it was like first consumed and imagined, it wasn't intended for this amount of people this often, you guys. It's it's like also with the amount of meat we eat, like, yeah, it was done like for like sometimes, not every fucking day. They just calm the fuck down.
1: It's really upsetting I uh, Like I find it really Especially when When you're talking about Like it being this Delicacy But it doesn't have Nutritional value Or flavour So it's not a fucking delicacy mm-hmm. It's a status symbol yes. It's about I've got the money To do yes. this It's not because you like it It's not because you want it For any actual Like oh my god That's an incredible yeah, meal Yeah just have, have like noodles to Have it for fuck fucking sake. status And it's bullshit mm-hmm. who gives a fuck can we just stop having this type of a world where we all have to like show off our wealth in all these ways or show off how great <sighs> our lives yuck. are like just yeah it's like you said with the meat as well just calm, calm down calm down we we, oh, we eat sorry like that's too really much. upset me
0: yeah it's yuck i mean we just consume too much and and this wasn't what the natural world is can sustain like we don't need to consume that much animals yeah you know, mate, yeah. mate. And yeah, it upsets the entire structure of the sea because they're, you know, you're getting rid of like arc predators that's responsible for keeping things in
1: balance, you know? Well, yeah, so that's exactly it because I'm sure that there's people thinking like, oh, what's the big deal? They're scary predators. But it's like, who is the predator when five human deaths versus 100 million shark deaths? Like, I'm sorry, that's not a, like get over yourselves. Mm. That's not the right way to say that. But like, I'm sorry, but just no. And you should care. Like, everyone should care. Because even if you don't like them, they're vital, as you just said, to the survival of some of our ecosystems. Now, like, so I found this really cool example. So seagrass meadows. I love it. Yes, this is a thing. Seagrass what? meadows are a thing. Okay. Yeah. The grass and the grass in these seagrass meadows pulls carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, which helps us to combat climate change. And the meadows are used by small fish and shellfish as nurseries. And these are the same types of fish that we catch and eat. And now a problem in seagrass meadows is sea turtles and sea cows. Yes, sea cows are a thing. Mm. They like to graze in these meadows, which destroys the habitat and causes problems for the climate and causes problems for fishermen Mm. who like catch these small fish and shellfish that we eat. But tiger sharks patrol sea meadows and just their presence in patrolling these meadows helps to keep the turtles and the cows away yeah. and it keeps the seagrass intact and it preserves this system that is very, very important to us, to our fishermen and to our climate. So like these sharks, yeah, you might not like them, but they're very, very important. So like, just please stop endangering them. Please see the value in things that scare you. Wow. For, for such a
0: silly movie, it sure span a lot of interesting topics.
1: Right? I think, like, when I first watched it, I was like, this is silly. I can't wait to do it. And then when I actually watched it again and was, like, researching, I was like, oh, actually, there's actually some cool science going on here. Really? <laughs> In terms of the concepts, maybe not necessarily them and their science action. Because I'm pretty sure, like, you know, having these super swanky submersibles and this thing. Yeah, that's Hollywood. I don't think that they would kill the shark. Mm.
0: But but yeah, we like we just haven't also done anything under the water before, so it was like, Oh,
1: it's our first time yeah. down here, woohoo Yeah, so we can get more we can get more real science y on other on other underwater movies, but there's our first our first a first foray into the ocean and marine biology and it was it's, it's very beautiful I think it is a lovely collaboration like I said I think it's a lovely collaboration between Hollywood and China and I think it's visually very very pretty the way that they did the underwater stuff I thought that was cool yeah it was fun movie but that's it fun uh, so the only thing that is left for us to draw <laughs> Frida let's go what the what the what the what the what
0: the fuck? Yeah. What's my thing? You want to know what my thing is?
1: Yeah. Give, Give me your thing. Ruby Rose
0: climbing the ladder oh. to get away from the shark. So the shark is snapping at her feet and I was hoping it would eat them. It didn't. She gets to the ladder and she pauses to be like, thanks. I'm like, get off the <laughs> Get in the boat. What the fuck are you doing? I was screaming. What the fuck? At the screen. <laughs> I really yeah. was. She's like. Thanks, mate. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Jesus.
1: I remember that. And it was just also kind of like how is he just snapping at her feet? It's a really,
0: shark it's just like why is it
1: not just biting through the boat it destroyed the shark fin boats are we are you saying that this shark is so intelligent that it knew that's a shark fin boat so i'm going to destroy it this boat Mm. is not shark fin and there's a child on it so i'm not going to destroy it but i'll just try and grab that human that's dangling off the side i know
0: but also it's just about this movie is like the amount of people that kept sacrificing themselves is just like (laughs) stop sacrificing guys guys unnecessary like (laughs) <laughs> movies make us believe that people just sacrifice themselves all the time in real life and I don't think that people do it as often but also like she's also just had someone sacrifice themselves for her and she like climbs up and she like pauses to be like Whew, close call like,
1: mate but that's what I mean about it like it keeps seem to it keeps trying to do these things to add like a little bit of like comedy effect and you're just kind of like "This why <laughs> either just make it a fucking comedy so we can all just laugh at it mm. or you know do better. Yep. Yeah. Kill. Right. Okay. I've That's got awesome. two what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> my very very first one. <laughs> oh my god. The first time I watched this movie, I screamed about this so much. Why are there two? How was there two? Did they just think like throw another one in for like a twist? How did they not know that there was two? How didn't they know when they caught the first one that it was too small to be the actual one? And then why did they never ever at any point explain the fact that there was two? Mm. And I
0: think there's more. I think at the end they're kind of hinting that there might be more.
1: I thought that but then I didn't really. But
0: I was like I don't care anymore if this movie can just leave.
1: Well also because in the first scene where they're attacked in the submarine and, and backstory Jonas backstory Jatham sacrifice thing mm-hmm. J, Jatham sacrifices the other people thing um they're attacked by the shark and they're talking about it's this idea that like it's oh there is something down there but in the first scene they're in the Philippine trench and in the second scene they're in the Mariana trench and they're two different fucking places so you're telling me that the shark came up out of the Philippine <laughs> trench traveled to the Mariana <laughs> trench went down under the thermocline into the Mariana trench and then just fucking hung out down there. Or are you telling me that oh wait, there's also sharks in the Philippine Trench? I don't fucking understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, because he was like, there was something, and now they weren't in the same place. Like it wasn't the same. Place. <laughs> <laughs> really
1: annoyed. And then this led me into another thing actually that I was thinking about, and it's back to uh, Total Recall again.
0: Okay. Yeah. Always happy to go back to Total Recall.
1: Why would the Meg not explode from the pressure change as it came up to the shallower waters? Mm. Like, how is it adapted? If, if it does live, if the, if the Meg exists, Megalodons are living in the Mariana Trench. They have adapted to survive at pressures of water below 11,000 meters. Then how? And be able to swim they in that They should water. explode. Then how? Like total record. He's up there, fin out at the top of the ocean where the bugging shark eyes. Yeah. I actually that's yeah. what I want to see ba- bugging shark guys ba- exploding shark because it's come oh. up too fast from the bottom of the fucking ocean. hell yeah
0: <laughs> but also just to your first point I was kind of like when they were like oh it's the first shark you know and they got it and you're like this movie isn't over yet like it's not been long enough I was like there's gonna be like 10 I was kind of hoping that it was there were like 10 <laughs> <laughs> and I was like one I was like that oh might just be- one <laughs> oh, all right
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just even that moment he's there on the button he's like look at the teeth and look at the picture mm. and it's like do you really need the picture to show you that the mouth of that shark that you've just caught is not fucking big enough
0: but that happened in jaws as well but, like it's straight out of yeah, jaws but this is, straight out of jaws because they, they know
1: because they
0: want to be like it's over we did it and like the science person is like i hate to ruin this fun party but
1: but like, there's no moment of explanation where they say two of them must have. Sw- it's just there's two, and we're just supposed to go. Yeah, okay, well, we have to. Two of them swam up. Is it mommy and baby, and is now mommy coming to eat baby, mm. or is it a different fucking shark? Is it a different megalodon? The ice cream van again. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't know, Abby. Um, I think we have to watch a better movie if we want to feel better and more satisfied.
1: All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Final verdicts. Then let's move on. Final for Did the movie pass the Sams test? Uh yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean like in, in theory it did, but then at the same time, large cast and only three women, not really. <laughs> did it pass Here Comes the Science? No
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, no yes and no, because yeah, megalodons are real.
0: But the the like, floor is the floor. They're not it's real. Not now, the
1: but yeah yeah that's the thing i think i think i wonder if it is possible i wonder if it is possible to have another thermocline layer and for the temperatures to increase so that you could have an ecosystem living underneath it Mm -hmm. in a warmer climate i wonder if that's possible i just think the pressures of the depth of the ocean would make that very difficult um final verdict
0: oh yeah just one i mean (laughs) like yeah one yeah
1: I like I like what they did with the marine biologist. I really like Suyin, um, and I like the visuals, and I like Jason Statham fighting a shark. So, two, cool. Point two. Good for you. Yeah, I mean I. Two point two megalodons and one. Yeah, so it's
0: on average, one and a half.
1: <laughs> All right, Freda, Next movie. Okay. What are you bringing up? Oh, we've
0: done a lot of movies that are very loud and just like, I just want to wa- I'm going to watch a movie which is just about science. It's not fictional. It's not actiony. It's just like real life science. And actually it's a documentary film because we haven't done one yet. And actually oh. it's
1: Jane. Oh, okay. We're do. oh, cool. Is that all right? I didn't know we did documentaries. Jane is beautiful film. So we're going to do that. Okay. Something for Frida. Um, if you would like to join us in two weeks' time, please do. Then for Jane, Uh, give us a rating if you have time. Subscribe to the podcast. All things that we always say, and we know that you like. We always say it, and you don't do it, guys. Like we know you're fucking listening. So just could you just review us, please? It would be very helpful. No one has done it Um, not since I know. Ages. We keep keep saying it, and then nobody does it. (laughs) <laughs> it's like why do you keep listening <laughs> <laughs> um but thank you for listening uh we are on instagram at science of the movies we are on twitter at movies underscore science and we are on the emails at gmail.com science of the movies at gmail.com sorry um oh, what what movie do what's our mini so next week pixels
0: no this is number two. It's Zathora. Zathora. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a good episode. <laughs> All right. It's got a big Join good. us for our mini-sode Zathora next week, and we'll see you too. two time with Jane. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Sorry for my that was interjection. Crazy. Noise.
0: <laughs> 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 Can you put that in the beginning? Thanks. Okay. <laughs>